Hey, it is, uh, it is great to be here as well. And as always, I want to welcome our Boynton campus and everyone uh, watching online from all over the world, which is kind of crazy to see all the different countries and the people. We love you guys. It's just so neat to see that we're one church in all of these uh, locations. And I just, I just love this series every year that we get to do it because it just, is, it just reminds us that we matter that there's a purpose for us on this earth. And that, 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 that thing inside of you, and I know we're busy and we got a lot going on, but there's, there's something inside of all of us, and we just know this. There's something inside of all of us that just wants to make the world a better place. We see injustice and we go, I just wish there was something we could do. We see brokenness and we want to fix it. We see people hurting and we want to <coughs> help them. And so there's something in us that, that wants to make a difference. And what I want us to understand is that is actually implanted in you from God. That whether you're in middle school or high school or what age you're in, no matter if you're in the middle of your building, of your business career, or whatever you're in, is that that desire in you is actually God-ordained. It's birthed inside of every one of you. In fact, I love this scripture. It's been kind of the scripture of the series is, for we are God's handiwork. And I love that imagery because it's the idea that God's working on us, that we need some work done, that we're not where we need to be, but God is so patient and grace, gracious with us that he's working and actually that word can actually be translated. He's making us into his masterpiece. And I love that imagery, right? For we're created in Christ Jesus. Like the very purpose for your creation is this, to do good works, to make the world a better place, right? And then I love this last part which God prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, it's not just do good works in general. It's that God himself has prepared for you a purpose. He's given you a calling for this world and for this life. And that's for every single one of us, that your purpose, that desire in you is actually because that's what you were designed to do. You weren't designed just to make money. You weren't designed just to go to the gym. You weren't designed, you know, just to go have fun. That you were actually designed for something so much bigger than your Self. And I just love that about God. Now, the, the question we start to wrestle with is, as we look into the world, we go, wow, there's a lot of brokenness. Anybody think the world's a little broken? I'm just curious, yeah. And sometimes we get so caught up in the United States and we see the division, we, we don't understand that so much more of the world is so much more in darkness and in, in brokenness. And so what can happen is we can look at the, the struggles in the world and we go, I'm just one person. The problem is too big. Like, what am I supposed to do? And that's what I wanted to kind of help us understand in this series. Because the really neat thing is, it's not just you against the world. Did you understand that you're actually partnering with God? And we're going to learn that today. That God is actually partnering with you and empowering you and giving you strength. But not just you and God. God's also given you a community. I mean, look around you. Look, look around. Imagine if you could see everybody in the other auditoriums and all around the world. There's thousands and thousands of just in your one church community, not to mention the thousands of other church communities around, is that you are a part of a community. The Bible teaches is called the ecclesia that is partnering together as the body of Christ, each of us doing our part to make the world a better place. So the good news is it's not just you against the world. It's you and God. And it's not just you and God. It's you and God and the community called the church that all of us together have been given this incredible privilege, this incredible calling to actually go out and make the world a better place. Now, in fact, um, what that calling is, how we do that, it's not just show acts of kindness and love, although we are called to love. It, it's actually something a little bit deeper than that. And we talked about this in week one. It's that the Bible teaches it's actually to bring the kingdom of God to earth. 
Now, now what the kingdom of God is, I know that's a hard understanding sometimes. The kingdom of God means this. It's simply the rule and the reign of God. It's God's will being done. What did Jesus teach us how to pray? We call it the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus goes, that should be what you're seeking God for because that's your calling. To take God's will that's done in heaven and bring it to this earth. What is God's will? Justice, mercy, love, redemption, forgiveness, turning the hearts of the Father to the children and the children to the Father, healing marriages and broken and bondage and addiction, setting the oppressed free, being a father to the fatherless. And he's like, so, so he says, what your role is, is you're to look at this broken world and you, I want you to bring what God wants. I'm gonna empower you. I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna give you the community to bring it to this broken world. In fact, where this all began was Jesus gathered his disciples. And we looked at this in the first week. And he gathered his disciples together and he took them to a place on earth where God's will was not being done. It was actually a place called Caesarea Philippi. It was one of the darkest places in the ancient world. And it was this giant rock. We showed you the picture of it in the modern day. And in the bottom of the giant rock, there was this hole that went down into the earth and they couldn't find the bottom of it. So it became the symbol of the gates of hell. It was the place where they would worship different gods, human sacrifice, so much brokenness, darkness, you know, using human beings as objects. It was an awful place. It's where God's will wasn't being done. And Jesus takes his church, his disciples, his followers one day, and he brings them to the foot of this rock in Caesarea Philippi, and he asks them the question. And the reason why I want to go over this question is because it's connected to your calling. And the question he asks us, asks them is the most important question anyone will ever deal with. And he says, who do you say I am? Like, who do you say that Jesus is? And the disciples answered this question, and here's what Peter said, and I want you to see, because if you want to know, well, how do I fulfill my calling? Yeah, it's a community. Yeah, there's God. But let me tell you what part of your calling is. And here's what Peter's response is. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, which simply means Savior, the Son of the living God. Now, I want you to understand, he takes him to the place where God's will is not being done. He's going to tell him, go bring my will to this space. But he goes, before you do that, I want you to understand something about your calling. And here are the two parts to your calling. You are the, to understand that Jesus is the Savior and he's the Son of God. First of all, is this, he's the Son of God. Meaning what? Meaning the disciples knew something about Jesus. That Jesus had authority and power that no human being had. They saw him walk on water. They saw him speak to nature and it obey. They saw evil and demons in his presence flee out and run in terror and fear in the presence of Jesus. They saw Jesus, like God begin to speak to him. They understood, Jesus, you're not a human being. You've got authority over nature, over evil, over all, that all things are created by you and for you, as the scriptures say, and you hold the world together. Jesus, you are awesome. You are big. You are powerful. You are the son of the living God. You're not a prophet. You're not a teacher. You are so much bigger than that. But you're also the Messiah, which means Savior. The, you are the way that God chose to rescue mankind. You are the way we find forgiveness. It's through faith in you that we are made right with God, and not just made right with God for one day in heaven, but it's through you that you have access to the presence of God. You, you are the, the one that God has called. You are the only way, the way, the truth, and the life that no one gets to the Father except through me. Now, I want you to understand what Jesus is saying and what Peter is seeing. He goes, yeah, I know who you are, Jesus, okay? You are the Son of God. You're the Savior of the world. We get how epic you are, and then Jesus 
is like, you're right. And because of that information, because of this truth, notice where the calling is given. It's kind of the first charge that Jesus gives us as a church. And here's what he says. He says this, Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of John. Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by Father in heaven. Hey, this revelation of who Jesus is was actually given to you by God. And here is the epic launch of the church all those thousands of years ago. And I tell you, Jesus says, that you are Peter. And on this rock, remember the rock with the Caesarea Philippi, I will build my church and the gates of Hades, the underworld, will not overcome it. And then we looked at that word church. And we looked at how um, hundreds of years ago they took this word and they translated it into church, but it wasn't actually a religious term. It actually was the word ecclesia, which literally meant a community of people called for a central purpose. That's all it was. It was actually used as a political term where people would gather together and unite to accomplish something. And Jesus goes, I'm going to build something special. It's not going to be just a religion. It's not going to be about people gathering in walls and buildings and sitting and listening and learning. It's actually going to be this offensive movement a group of people coming together going, it's our job to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth and we're going to go out of these walls and we're going to change the world. By the way, that's why Journey doesn't just do this on Sunday mornings. That's why we do First Saturday Serve. That's why we built orphanages in Haiti and 30 homes in Mexico. That's why we help foster care. We're the leading foster care church with four kids in our county. Why? Because we understand what we're called to do. That, 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 that's what I want us to know, that the church is not this consumeristic place where you come sit and just consume, that it's a place we call to contribute and your calling is together to unite with all of our gifts and talent and treasures and resources and go make the world a better place. And so Jesus gathers them together and he's like, guys, it's gonna be awesome. Your calling is to bring my kingdom to this earth. It is powerful, it is special, and I'm gonna equip you to do it. Amen. And you know what happens at this moment? Yeah, we can clap right there. We can all clap for God. Now here's why I want to say this, because here's the moment we all get excited. Like, all right, that feels good to know. Like, I love telling my kids, hey, you're, you're not just going, like when you go to church today, who can, what's that kid that's alone you can love? How can you use, the, you know, your allowance and, and serve other people? Like, you, you've got a calling and a purpose. And when we talk about this, people get excited. In fact, I've had conversations with people saying it's this series that made them step out of their comfort zone and begin to serve God in some capacity. And I love to hear that. And just as Jesus is getting them excited and pumped out and goes, okay, get your calling, he completely deflates the situation. He breaks every rule of inspiration known to man in the next sentence. And he completely deflates it, kind of brings out his inner Tom Brady. And um, come on, it's football season, right? It's football season. Come on, he deserved it. He actually played amazing on Thursday night. You know, I hate to say that and admit that publicly. That's awful. But as I say, Jesus kind of, Let's the air out of the room, if you will. And I want you to see what he says. Because let me tell you something. It's one thing for me to inspire you and remind you of your purpose, but there's something else Jesus needed his followers to understand about bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. And this is what he says to them. And it isn't fun. It isn't what they want to hear. And here's what he says next. He said, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. And what's that word? Suffer. Suffer. Pay a cost. Many things at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. I love the redemption in the end, but here's what I want you to see. What is Jesus saying? Hey, um, I want you to understand something. There's going to be a cost to my calling. 
Like, yeah, I'm gonna change the world. I'm gonna be the light of the world. I'm gonna rescue you. We're gonna do some awesome things together. But I want you to understand something. It's not without a sacrifice. It's not without a cost. And by the way, I just want you to know something, guys, as you're sitting there all excited, ready to go change the world, I'm gonna have some people in, in authority that are, that are gonna misuse their authority and actually hurt me. Ever happened to you? Hey, I want you to know something right now. There are some people that I'm gonna be pouring my life out and loving and giving my life to, and they're gonna betray me and they're gonna wound me. So I just want you to understand something right now as we go ahead and we start this journey to go change the world is that there is a cost to my calling to bring God, my Father's kingdom to this earth. And then I love what happens next because as he begins to share this, all of a sudden the, the room is deflated. The disciples are like, what? You're gonna suffer? There's gonna be things. And I love the heart of Peter and what he says to his friend next because it's so powerful because Peter loves Jesus. And, and, and what he says, it kind of makes sense in Peter's mind. When Jesus goes, there's gonna be a cost to this kingdom. We're gonna knock the gates of hell. We're gonna rescue and redeem people. But there's gonna be a cost to this. And then what Peter says is next is, well, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, hey, never, Lord. No, not you, Jesus. This shall never happen to you. And I love the heart of Peter because Peter loves Jesus. He's like, you know, Pete, Jesus, no, no, no. Your dad doesn't want you to suffer. No, Jesus, like, remember the, the dove, you got baptized. Your dad's like, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. And he rescued you. And, and like, you're, like he's, you know, you're his child. Like, there's just no way that your father would actually want you to sacrifice yourself and part of your comfort to serve other people. Do you understand the heart of Peter? It's a good place, right? He's like, I want to protect you, Jesus, from harm. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want you to pay the cost with you're calling, Jesus, I want you to just be comfortable. Do you understand what Peter's saying? I want you to hear this. I want you to be safe. I want you to be comfortable. I don't want you to be uncomfortable. I don't want you to do something that's gonna cost you. I don't want you to step out of your comfort zone, Jesus. No, there's no way God could want this from you. Now, here's why this is so important. I want you to see this. It's because what Jesus says next, we need to hear. Because sometimes we can have the same conversations with ourselves. God, you don't want me to, like God, there's just no way. Like you're okay that I'm sitting on the sideline. Like, like God, you, okay. And here's what I want you to see, because I want you to understand this. This is so important. When we find ourselves making excuses of why we don't step in, why we don't serve and we use the gifts that God has given us to bring glory to God, right, to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth and, and, and what we're called to do in our high schools and middle schools and our careers, where we work out in our gyms. Like, like, I want us to understand when we step back and go, hey, you know what? I'm not, you know, I'm not sure. I, you know, I'm not, I don't have that personality. God doesn't want me to be uncomfortable. And listen to what Jesus says. Jesus turned and said to Peter, <laughs> it's kind of a little cold, kind of an un-Jesus-like thing to say. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, to my calling that my Father has given me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And here's what was fascinating to me as I was processing this is Satan was the one telling Jesus, be comfortable. Don't step out of your comfort zone. They're not worth it. You can find another way. You're too busy. You've got to understand that. <laughs> like, and so Satan was the one going, Jesus, don't, be comfortable. Don't, get, don't post on social media. You're at church because you know, people at work might go, I don't know. Like, don't, like Jesus, hey, you make sure you're comfortable. And Satan is the voice telling him to choose his comfort over his calling. And his father, 
whom he loves and his father loves him is telling him, no, here's what I want you to do. I want you to choose your calling over your comfort. In fact, I'm actually calling you to suffer for a season to do and fulfill what I have called and created you to do. Here's why I say this. Do you ever have these voices in your head telling you, stay comfortable? Hey, don't join a small group, right? I mean, look what happened to Jesus. He joined a small group of 12 people. 11 of them betrayed him and ran from him in his time as needed, and one tried to kill him. Didn't work good for him. Yeah, I'm just going to stay away. I'm not going to get in a community and help encourage people and be encouraged. I'm too busy, right? Hey, I'm not going to serve a church. I mean, church is broken. And I would say, yes, it is. It is absolutely imperfect. It always has been, and it always will be. I mean, look at what happened in the church of Dave Jesus. They gathered together as church leadership, and they tried to kill him. They actually ordered him to be arrested, beaten, and whipped, and lied about him. So yeah, no, no, we don't want to get involved in the church. I mean, it's just broken and messed up. I don't want to do it. Do you understand the principle? And I want you to see this. But whose voice is that that's telling you that? See, if you're calling, I want you to please sit with this. There's so much time and energy that we spend on the cost of our calling and the risk of our calling. And we justify why we're not doing what God has called us to do and getting bolder in our faith and stepping out and going, hey, I want to tell you what Jesus did in my life. I want to invite you to church. Hey, you come to church. I'll take you to lunch after. Hey, I'm going to step up and serve and let my kids see me serve God. There's so much focus on the cost and the risk. Here's what I think we don't see. We don't see the cost of not fulfilling our calling. Listen to this. We don't see the reward we miss out for not fulfilling our calling. And this is exactly what Jesus is saying. He's saying, Peter, you're having a very human perspective. You're looking at it from an emotional sense. You're looking it out for a temporary sense. You're looking it out just in your limited perspective. But I see it from my father's perspective, an eternal perspective. And you know what? Yeah, there's a cost to my calling. But let me tell you what, there's a reward that is far greater to that cost. And I'm not going to let anything get in the way of what God has called me to do. And I love this scripture. We're going to read it right here because it's in the book of Revelation. And see, it doesn't focus in on Jesus on a cross. It doesn't focus in on Jesus being betrayed. It doesn't focus in on all the suffering and the rejection and the things that he dealt with. It focuses in on what God did because he went through that. And I love this imagery for those of you that are counting the cost of your calling, loving to stay comfortable. Can I tell you what you might be missing out on? Because Jesus understood that his father was a God that rewarded people that served him. He was a God that found a way, as the scriptures say, he sees what's done in secret and will reward. He is a God that is faithful over and over again, even when the circumstances don't seem like it. And so we give him this glimpse of what happens, of what God does for his son, because he was willing to go, Peter, get behind me. No, Satan, I'm not going to bow down to the things of this world. I want to fulfill what God's called me. And it's in the book of Revelation, and I love it because we get a glimpse of what's happening, what God did for his son. And here's what it says. And they sang a new song to Jesus, by the way, saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. Hey, Jesus, you paid the cost to save us. You ever wonder why we worship? You ever wonder why you see people like this? It's because when you understand what Jesus has done for you, and I get, listen, if you're not there, I understand that. But, but, but when you really start to dive into your relationship with God and you, you, you understand and experience the grace of God, the power of God, the forgiveness of God, the love of God, this a natural expression of an affection that you have. 
And so what's happening is he's looking at this glimpse in the heavenlies and people are expressing their affection because Jesus paid the cost to rescue you and me. And he says, hey, they were open, they were worthy because you were slain. And he continues, and with your blood, Jesus, the cost, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve God, that they will reign on this earth. Understand, you notice that? He didn't just save you to go to heaven. He saved you to be a kingdom and a community of people that serve God, that bring people to God. Do you understand? So they're, they're, they're sitting there going, Jesus, you're worthy. You're awesome. I mean, you paid the cost. You sacrificed. You saved us. You built an army to transform this world. And one day, all of Jesus' followers are gonna rule and reign on this earth. And then I love this next imagery because it kind of builds. He goes, then I looked and I heard the voice voice of many angels. So he's getting a glimpse of what God has done for his son, numbering thousands upon thousand and 10,000 times 10,000. Quick math. That's a hundred million beings worshiping Jesus. A hundred million people going, oh, you're worthy. You are the one that paid the cost. You saved us. They encircled the throne, the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice. They were all saying, Worthy is the lamb, that's Jesus, the sacrificial lamb, who was slain to receive power. God has empowered him to give him wealth. Hey, you sacrificed, but God returned it. And wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven on earth. Okay, now it's not just 100 million. Now it's every creature in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that was in them is saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, this is to Jesus, to be praised and honor and glory and power forever and ever and ever and ever. Do you get a glimpse of what God did? Jesus paid the cost. Can I tell you something? The reward was far greater. See, sometimes I think about this. Sometimes we focus so much on, well, if Jesus had not fallen through, gone through with it, if he hadn't been willing to pay the cost, it would have cost us. Like we would still be left in this old, like trying to perform and never be okay with God and we wouldn't, be in, we wouldn't have that relationship. But sometimes what we don't understand is if Jesus hadn't been faithful, paid the cost of his calling, how much would it have cost him? Do you see what God did? And I want you to understand this because I think it's so important because we get this glimpse of Jesus and yet we see the cross and we see the suffering, but sometimes we don't also see the reward. Sometimes we don't, we, don't, we don't see everything that God did and how God repaid it and rewarded him. And that's the character of your God. He sees everything that you do and he rewards those people that will sacrifice. I love this about God and his character. And so you see Jesus telling Peter, hey, get behind me. You're not gonna tell me I'm gonna stay comfortable. I'm not gonna sit there and make excuses of why I'm not stepping out my past, you know, my future, I'm not good at this, whatever it is. No, nothing is gonna get in the way of me fulfilling what my father has called me to do because you're not gonna keep me from the reward that God has for me. And here's why I say this. Here's why I say this. It's because of what he said next. And so after he tells the disciples, oh, by the way, um, we're going to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. We're going to change the world. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be powerful. And I'm going to have to pay a cost for it. And then he turns to us. And here's why I want us to see this. And then he says this to the disciples. And I want you to hear this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, by the way, that's one of you. That's you. Your followers of Jesus. Whoever wants to be my disciple must ride around in private jets, live healthy, comfortable lifestyles all the time. 
No, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross, sacrifice, and follow me. Hey guys, I want you to know something. You are gonna be the light of the world. You are gonna change the world. You're gonna rule this earth, but there's gonna be a cost to your calling. It's, it's gonna cost you something. For whoever wants to save their life, but I love how he doesn't end it there. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. And he goes, guys, yeah, there's a cost for your calling, but let me tell you something. There's a far greater cost to not following your calling. There's, there, there, listen, there's a cost to your calling, but there's a far greater reward for fulfilling your calling. In other words, I want you to say, there's gonna be a lot of people that go, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get uncomfortable. No, I, 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 I don't really know God, so I'm gonna kind of stay on the, I'm gonna sit on the sidelines and watch other people minister, but I'm not gonna go into my work and be bold. I'm not gonna serve. I'm not gonna give. I'm gonna just be a consumer. Because I want you to know something. Whoever sits there and goes, I'm not gonna pay the cost, will actually lose their life, their purpose. Why? Because you were created for it. Like God loves you and he'll still forgive you. And still gonna have, but what I'm saying is you're going to miss out on the fulfillment of your calling that God has. But whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Actually, when you step out, out of your comfort, and you see God use you to transform this world and people's lives, there is something that happens in you. There's a connection with God. There's a fulfillment and a joy that cannot come either any way, other way. Because this is what you're created to do. And then Jesus says to them at the end of it, and he says this. For what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, to be comfortable, to, to be successful in business and sports, and yet forfeit their soul. Notice what's, that's a connection. That's a connection to being used by God to serve people. Do you hear that call? That's a connection, right? Um, or what can anyone give in exchange for the soul? In other words, Jesus goes, yeah, I know there's a cost to the calling, but can I just tell you something? Um, there's a far greater cost to you not fulfilling it. I, I, was, I was thinking about the um, people that, park cars here at Journey. And, I, and I, as I drive up sometimes in the morning, whether here or Boynton campus, and I see these guys uh, sitting out there with smiles, welcoming people, going, we want you to know that you're special and that God loves you. So we're standing out there in 185 degree heat on concrete. <laughs> There's a cost. Your, your children right now that are in the room, are, people are pouring into them right now. They're praying with them. They're reading the scriptures to them. They're correcting your children 48 times for interrupting them. They're telling them to focus over and over again. There's a cost to their calling of helping the next generation learn about Jesus. Do you see what I'm saying? And I love what Jesus is saying. Yeah, there is a cost, but here's what I want you to stand. There's so much greater a cost if you don't. It's your soul. It, it's, 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 the, it's the favor of God. It's, it's your purpose. There's something missing. In fact, one day, I love this because the disciples were sitting there and they were doing the same thing. They were counting the cost. Hey, Jesus, we've given a lot up for you and, and we've kind of sacrificed a lot. So we're just kind of wondering, what are you going to do for us? And I, and, I, and I love this because there's, there's a part of us that go, yeah, we love to serve, but we just kind of wonder, God, are you going to reward? What are you going to do? And so they come to Jesus, and they're like, hey, Jesus, we've kind of given up everything to follow you, and we follow you everywhere you go, and we feed people bread, and we deal with the crowds, and people make fun of us, and the church is mad at us right now because we're following you, not them. And we just want to know, Jesus, what are you going to do for us because we've sacrificed for you? And I love what Jesus shares because this is such a powerful 
thing for all of us, counting the costs of our calling and not counting the reward of our calling. And here's what I want you to see. It says, truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields, in other words, they've given up things to divest their energy into helping people learn about Jesus, right? For me and the gospel, the good news of who Jesus is, the Son of God and the Savior of the world, will fail to receive, I love this, couple phrases here, right? A hundred times as much, I love that interest of return, by the way, but here's the thing I want you to see, right? In this present age. So often we think of God blessing us in heaven alone. Oh yeah, we serve God, and I'm just, you know, I'm miserable here on earth, but one day in heaven I'm gonna be blessed. And I would say to yourself, no, 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 when you understand what it's like to serve God, and you serve, God blesses you here a hundred times much, by the way, and in eternal life. Notice this, right? Notice this. She goes, for, he goes on. He goes, with homes and brothers and sisters, new, better relationships, children and fields, <clears throat> blessing even in the uh, financial and the business realm, along with, what's that word? Do you see, there's a cost. Yeah, I'm gonna bless you, but there's a cost, right? And in the age to come, eternal life. Like, I'm gonna not bless you here, but also there. And then he ends with this. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. There's many people that aren't gonna be willing to pay that cost. And I'm gonna love them, I'm gonna die for them, and they're gonna go to heaven. But you know, the Bible says there's levels in heaven. Did you know that? And, and he goes, I wanna tell you something right now. The people in this world that weren't willing to push out of their comfort zone into their calling to pour themselves out to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, they may get to heaven through faith, but for eternity they will be the least in the kingdom of heaven. And by the way, once you know something, my father who sees all of us sacrificing and paying the cost to serve God and make a difference in this world, you're gonna be elevated to the first and the greatest in the kingdom of God forever and ever and ever. It's not just about this life. It's about what God does in this life and forever. But here's what I want you to see. There's a cost. And I know people at churches don't like to tell you that. Hey, come serve on a team. You're loving it. And I listen, there's a lot of great things, and there is, but there's a cost. And I want us to understand that there's a cost. Do you realize in my calling, there's a lot of people that look at this church and go, wow, this thing seems like what a fun job. And by the way, it is. Like to, to, to gather together thousands of people and go make a difference in the world. And, and it's incredible. And they see all the lights and the kids and they see the auditoriums and the impact of all around the world. And you're like, oh man, what a privilege it must be. How much fun it will be, must be to lead this. But can I be real for a moment? There's no greater cost in my entire life than I've paid than to do this church. None. I've done, I've built business, I've done other things. There's never been a cost I've paid great. Can I tell you something? Listen, I've had one panic attack in my life. One. Do you know what it was? It was the day, the night before we started the journey. I'd never had one before. I didn't know what it was. I just couldn't breathe. It was crazy. I, I mean, it was, I'd never experienced it. You know why? Because I wanted to stay comfortable and standing on the stage was uncomfortable. And you know what God was like? Yeah, I'm good with you being uncomfortable. Step out of your comfort zone, man up. Come on, toughen up. <laughs> There's too much at stake for you to, you know, not do this. Let's go. Step into the ring and do what God's called you to do. Come on, right? You say, what does the enemy say? Scott, stay comfortable. Oh, no, you don't, you're not good at this. And by the way, not only wasn't I good at it, I was awful at it. I'd never done it before. And half the people that showed up week one left and never came back. <laughs> Thanks for laughing at that. That was wonderful. More encouragement. But what does that mean? I paid the cost of getting out of my comfort. I paid the cost of rejection, and I hate rejection. I don't know if you like rejection, but I hate being rejected. And I had to stand up there and fail at what I was calling to do in order to grow into what I was calling to do. See, there's a cost to my calling. There's been a cost financially. 
I can't tell you. I mean, basically, I've taken all of my salary for many, many years. I just bring it right back to you. It don't take a dime. This year, um, my wife and I have given more to this church than any other person in this church, and we have not taken a salary in a very, very long time. There's a cost. There's things I want to do that we've not been able to do. We had to put them on hold because of investing in the kingdom of God. There's a cost to it. Can I tell you something? There's been a cost with friends. I've had people I've poured into and loved on, and then we, they disagreed with the decision that was made, and they're like, I'm gone. We're leaving you. You're done. I've had people, you know, talk behind my back. I, I've, had, I've had people say things that weren't true and lie, lie about us. Like, we've lost. In other words, there's a cost to a calling, and I want you to see that. But on the other side, here's what I don't want you to do. Please don't feel sorry for me. <laughs> because I wouldn't trade this in for anything in the world. Like, I, 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 I talked to you. I talked to you about friends that rejected me. There's a hundred times more friends that have poured their life out to me. And watching my family being surrounded by amazing godly men and women and my children playing with them, come on, what a great reward God has given me. To, have, to be sitting there at dinner tables and have people come up in front of my own children and say, hey, this church transformed my life, saved my family, saved my marriage. I gave my life to Jesus. I stepped into my calling. I've altered my business. Let me tell you, that, that, is, that is incredible. To, to be at peace at night and go to bed and go, God, I have been faithful to what you've called me to do. No, I'm not perfect, but God, I've stepped out and I know you're proud of me. And one day, I'll hear those words, good done, my, well done, my good and faithful servant. Like there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a joy that comes from fulfilling your purpose that far outweighs the cost that I paid. And can I tell you something? Listen to this, listen to this. It, it's, it's not just because I'm on a stage. God was proud of me when I was leading a small group while I was running a business, right? Because I did what God had called me to do. I was faithful. I loved to. God, God was proud of me when I had brought people and invited them to church that I worked with because I wanted them to know who Jesus was and I wasn't a pastor. In other words, this isn't this idea of your purpose and your calling and God being proud of you is not just because I'm on a stage. It's to every single one of us that are like, God, I'm, I'm willing to pay the cost. Like, I know I've got a purpose. There's too much at stake. I've got to step through the discouragement. I've got to step through the people that have hurt me and wounded me. Because, by the way, it is an imperfect world and an imperfect church. But I know there's calling in my life, so I'm willing to pay that cost so that I can make a difference in the world. Here's what I want you to see. The reward for your calling is far greater than the cost of your calling. And I'm not saying there's not a cost. There's going to be a cost. But the reward is greater. See, we talked about Jesus, right? And he was in a small group from, like, not in a good place. And um, he had 11 of his uh, followers. And when he was being arrested to take to the cross, they bailed on him. And they kind of let him suffer alone. And they weren't there for him. And one of them betrayed him. But can I tell you something? That wasn't the end of the story. Because 11 of those men that ran away from him, realized what they was wrong. They repented of their sin. And all 11 of those men would actually lay down their life for him. They were true friends. Do you see what I'm saying? See, sometimes we focus so much on the cost, we miss out on the reward. We miss out on all the good things. And I'm saying to you right now, for some people who are sitting there watching this, whether you're at Boynton or online or in this room, there's a lot of you that got hurt a long time ago. And I'm not minimalizing that. Listen, Jesus got hurt too. He was betrayed by a church. He, listen, it's part of it. But what I'm saying is, what you're not understanding is of what you're missing out by staying on the sidelines. Like, you don't understand what you're missing out by going, yeah, I had a bad small group. Listen, I led a bad small group that I didn't even want to go to. They don't always work out. But I've been around other small groups that have transformed my life. You see the principle? Like, so, listen, I want, I want us to understand that, yeah, there's a cost. Yeah, it's imperfect. 
There's problems. There, there, we're people. There are going to be people that misuse. I get it. There are, there are religious institutions that have done things. I'm not denying that. But didn't Jesus go through the exact same thing? And yet he pushed through going, no, my calling is greater than this pain. My father is bigger than this. He's going to redeem all things. And I'm not going to give up on my calling because of something that has happened. I'm going to pay the cost. And look what God has done for him. And I'm telling you this. This is what he'll do for you. God rewards those that earnestly seek him. He does. And I'm telling you, just like I was sharing in my life, listen, I, I've paid a cost, absolutely, but I'm telling you something, God has blessed me a hundred times over the cost that I have paid to build this and to pour my life out into that because that is who your father is. And there's some of you that have been stepping back out on the sidelines going, yeah, you know what, I was hurt, so I'm just gonna sit and consume. I'm gonna be a number in a crowd. I, I, I'm afraid, God, so I'm gonna step back. And I'm telling you something, don't just count the cost you're calling, count what you're missing. Because at the end of this, Jesus looks to his disciples and this is what he says. Not just about this world, he said, but one day, guys, the Son of Man, that's Jesus, is gonna, going to come in his Father's glory with his angels. By the way, it is gonna be epic. Could you imagine 100 million angels in all of their glory, Jesus in all of his glory. Remember, everyone that even saw an angel was terrified and every person that saw Jesus in his glory fell to their faces, they were dead. And you're gonna look in the heavens one day with 100 million angels and Jesus, and they're gonna be coming down to this earth. And here's what he says. And then Jesus will reward each person. It's individual, it's personal, according to what you have done. You have a calling. And for some of you that might be tired right now, can I just encourage you, this moment's gonna happen. And one day, every single person is gonna stand before Jesus to be rewarded for how you brought the kingdom of heaven to this earth. And let me tell you something. Every one of you that gave up your night during the week to be in a small group and to pour into people, Jesus sees it, he's gonna reward it. Every one of you that stood out in the 190 degree temperatures to greet people, to make them feel the love of Jesus, let me tell you something, don't minimize that sacrifice. Jesus sees it, he's gonna reward it. Every one of you that poured into the next generation and you could have slept in and you could have gone to the beach, but you come an hour early once, a couple times a month to pour into the next generation in our kids' ministry. Listen, he, Jesus, Jesus says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reward that. All of you that, that sacrificially give and you could spend it on yourself, but God, the first 10% belongs to you. I'm gonna, honor, I'm gonna honor you with that. Listen, he said, I'm gonna reward that. And I just want us to sit here for a moment and understand every single time you're doing this, every student that's in this room that goes in the lunchroom and sees the kid alone that no one's talking to, and you go out there and make them feel valued. You go out there and love them and care. You stand up for the kid that's getting picked on. I told my son, if someone's ever getting picked on and you punch that guy, I'll buy you ice cream while you're suspended. Okay, I'm not telling you to punch anybody so that don't just come back at me, don't do that, because. Yeah, it was probably, I wasn't planned. Here, I want to close with this. Guys, you were made for more. You were literally created, and not just to make money, not just to ascend a corporate ladder or build a professional career. You, you were actually created to bring his kingdom to this earth. He has given you a spirit. He's given you his community to partner together. And you are a part of that. And one day you're gonna stand before Jesus to give an account on how you brought his kingdom to this earth. And I want you to understand something. Yes, there is a cost, but the reward 
is so much more. It's worth it. Get off the sidelines. Get back into what God has created and called you to do. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for being a God that rewards us. God, I love that you made it personal what each of us would do. Every one of us in this room and in this auditorium and online have different callings, different giftings, different opportunities. So God, I just pray that you begin to tug in their heart for them to be faithful in whatever it is you called them to do. And God, I cannot wait for that day they stand before you and you celebrate them and you reward them and you bless them and you empower them and you honor them for fulfilling their calling no matter what the cost. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.